from the Mercy One Studio. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Join Father Fabian Moncada every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Also tune in Sundays at 10.30 a.m. for Be Not Afraid in Spanish. Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Be Not Afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists and Dream Dirt, Farm Real Estate and Auction Services. Good morning and welcome to Be Not Afraid here on Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM. This is Father PJ in uh, for Father Fabian. Father Fabian can't be with us today, and I would just ask your prayers, especially for the priests uh, of the diocese, throughout the world especially, but here in the diocese, um, you know, we're not immune, both from COVID and from just regular flu and cold stuff. I was down myself, better half of last week, um, and several other guys were, were down this past weekend. So please keep the good health and successful ministry of your priest in prayer. To that end, friends, let's begin this day, the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O God, who willed that, when your Son was lifted high upon the cross, his mother should stand close by and share his suffering, grant that your Church, participating with the Virgin Mary in the Passion of Christ, might merit a share in his resurrection. He who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, here in Mercy One Studio, we have a very special guest this morning. Um, uh, as Father Fabian was not able to be with us, I decided to hijack some of my own staff. And so Mr. Jason Feeney is with us this morning. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Father. Uh, Jason, could you just introduce yourself for, for our audience and tell them what you do at Christ the King? Sure thing. Uh, like Father said, my name is Jason Feeney. Um, I've been at Christ the King Parish for... A uh, little over two years now. Um, I'm the communications coordinator, youth minister, and now uh, a newly assigned uh, director of K through eight faith formation uh, at the parish. So I'm in charge of the uh, religious education program, uh, first communion preparation, confirmation preparation, uh, youth group, and a host of other things. Wonderful. Um, I, I do want to say right at the, the outset, the reason I wanted to have Jason on today was to talk about what we at Christ the King and, and other parishes throughout the diocese are doing in terms of faith formation in the midst of the pandemic. But I want to give a, a hearty note of thanks to Margaret Statsney, who has served as our faith formation director for many years at Christ the King. Um, like a lot of people in the midst of the, of the pandemic, um, personal and family and health needs changed. And so Margaret wound up leaving us, which is how Jason wound up um, assuming this other role. I'd also ask, you know, we're constantly asking people to remember and and, and pray for uh, the, the priests of the diocese, which is a good thing to do. Um, one of the things I do is uh, every month on our calendar of sort of mass intentions, there's always a mass intention um, for the parish staff. And that's on purpose because the, the lay people that constitute the support staff for our priests are absolutely essential. Uh, I couldn't do my job. It would not be possible for me to do anything really besides mass and the sacraments without um, other people to support me. And so people like Jason um, are very often put in positions like this where they have to step in and, and appropriate responsibilities uh, that they weren't initially um, set up to do. But we're all in the midst of the crisis doing our best to, to, to respond precisely to those needs. So Jason, could you say a word about um, how your life and responsibilities have changed in the midst of the pandemic? Certainly. Um, uh, 
as far as the ministry and faith formation thing goes, uh, what's significantly changed is how I interact with, with the students. Uh, you know, we used to have uh, youth ministry and in-person uh, confirmation preparation every single week um, for for the majority of the year and throughout the summer, a lot of things going on. And now uh, that's all had to change uh, just due to, to space requirements, making sure we keep everyone safe and finding new ways to, to interact with the kids um, to build that relationship that allows um, growth in a relationship, not only with me, but with Jesus Christ and his church as well. And uh, how has the communication piece changed? Um, it's gotten a lot busier because there's a lot more to communicate out uh, when uh, the whole host of your parish uh, isn't available for, for Sunday morning mass announcements uh, or you can't hand out a bulletin or something. Uh, we've had to kind of change um, our workflow on how uh, communications go out and uh, helping prep people for the more uh, digital communications to come. Um, so. So, Jason, what would you say, especially as you interact with our young people, how have their lives changed most in the midst of the pandemic? I think more than ever, our young people, especially our teenagers, but I see this, I'm seeing this also with the middle schoolers and some of the, the older elementary school kids too. They're they're thirsting for connection with another person more than I think they realize um, because uh, while they're constantly somewhat digitally connected to, to one another, uh, the in-person connections have almost all but vanished. Um, and so uh, having a place for them to just be with another person who's outside of their immediate family unit um, has become, I think, more important uh, than ever in establishing a ministry. And what do you think is most important moving forward for our kids? That um, I think for them, it's, it's important to... Uh, for me to help them learn how to develop that relationship with Jesus independent of myself. I know I just said connection's a huge thing, um, but uh, independent of myself and other uh, people because it's ultimately going to be on them. Uh, sure, sure. So the, the priest, the deacon, mm-hmm. the theology teacher, the yeah, youth minister, exactly. they're, they're, they're kind of the model or the bridge, but, the, but the, what you're really trying to do is get them to cultivate an independent relationship with Christ and an independent relationship with the church, which is going to mean relationships with all of these other people exactly. and with their peers as well. Exactly. Yeah. Now I hear that, you know, what we're trying to do at Christ the King and, and what we try and do here with the good work of Iowa Catholic radio is of course to, to try and build relationship with Christ for our young people, for our old people, for everybody in between. Jason does important work in helping us uh, uh, accomplish that. Friends, do remember that we're on Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. You can find us online at iowacatholicradio.org. And um, this is Be Not Afraid. Thank you, Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid. Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction is a licensed, accredited, and experienced farm brokerage and auction company. Learn more at DreamDirt.com, including their online auction house, FarmBid, at bid.dreamdirt.com. Dream Dirt Farm and Equipment Auction Services, farm auctions done right. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. 
Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmentInternational.org. That's BlessmentInternational.org. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the Sports Report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-DeMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid here on Iowa Catholic Radio. Father P.J. McManus in for Father Fabian Moncada. Um, please, friends, do remember our upcoming Carathon. Iowa Catholic Radio's Carathon begins on the 28th of this month, uh, and we are still in need of challengers for that Carathon. Now, a, challenge, a challenger is someone who donates more than $500, which then gets used as a, a matching gift. Um, and So if you're interested, please go online to iowacatholicradio.com. Click the Give Now link, and simply giving more than $500 will constitute you as a challenger, and you'll be able to help us raise both your money and and twice as much. We thank you ahead um, in advance for your donations. Friends, today we're celebrating uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, which is a kind of a double feast. It's paired with yesterday's Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. The Exaltation of the Cross, of course, um, sort of puts the cross as as the, the sign and symbol that's at the very center of the faith. It commemorates the discovery of the true cross by St. Helena, the mother of St. Constantine, at the beginning of the fourth century, and its enshrinement, uh, really all the all the shrines in the Holy Land. But but uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows pairs Our Lady uh, with Our Lord. The Feasts of Our Lady are always paired with the Feasts of Our Lord. Um, you know, uh, just as we have Christmas Day and then uh, the the first of January, the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God, which commemorates the name day of the Lord. So we had this 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 past week, right? Um, we had the Nativity of the Lord on or the Nativity of Our Lady on September the eighth, and then her name day, the, the the Feast of the Holy Name of Mary on on Saturday. Today we have the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, which pairs her with the Exaltation of the Cross, the Great Sorrow of Mary, of course, being the loss of her son. Mary is sort of the perfect image of what it means both to suffer well as an individual and to suffer well with others. This feast of Our Lady of Sorrows uh, dates all the way back to the 12th century, and it, it in origin is actually called, I like this better if I'm being perfectly honest, Our Lady of Compassion. And I like that better because that English word compassion, I think, has been hijacked in ways not always altogether helpful, meaning sort of, you know, vague nicety or something like that. And, of course, the word compassio means literally to suffer with. 
to suffer with another. And so to see the sufferings of others and, and choose willingly to suffer alongside them and with them, and if possible, of course, to alleviate that very suffering. So I want to turn back to our guest now, an expert in uh, sort of where the youth of today are. That's such a horrible thing to say. I kind of want to strike myself. Um, but, but in all seriousness, Jason, uh, how do you think our kids today appropriate suffering? I think uh, I think our kids today uh, deal with it uh, remarkably better than you or I I did uh, when we were in in their position. I think they're more keenly aware of the the effects that suffering has on them and on their peers, and really strive uh, for that definition of compassion that that strays away from just vague niceties, but really to to suffer with another person and to try your darndest to alleviate that suffering. Um, I think they're more keenly aware of how uh, their own personal traumas affect them and affect those around them and affect the way they act in certain certain situations. Um, not always, obviously, being the case, uh, maybe for themselves, maybe more of an outward look. But um, I think uh, one of the things that they uh, do really well is to be able to vocalize when they are suffering uh-huh. and how they're suffering or how uh, someone around them is suffering and then how that um, affects them and how it makes them want to help and serve that other person. There's a keenness or an intuition around suffering that perhaps uh, our generation was less to, less aware of. I, th- I think you're right on that. I'm, I'm constantly struck by their awareness of the suffering of others and the great desire to alleviate it, um, you know, totally apart from the pandemic. But last year, uh, you know, we had a, a family that lost uh, a trailer and immediately it was the other kids who wanted to figure out what do they need in terms of clothes, books, school mm-hmm. supplies. It didn't come from you or me. It came from it the kids. came from the kids, yeah. What role do you think the Blessed Mother plays in the life of uh, of especially our, our teenagers today? And, and how could we help them grow and develop a better, stronger, closer relationship with Mary? I think... Um... I think she can definitely play um, that role of someone to be compassionate with them uh, because she knows exactly what it means to suffer with another person. I think a lot of times our uh, our teens, when they are suffering, they feel like the, they're the only person who is suffering in the way they're suffering mm. or the only uh, person who feels um, the suffering of this other individual they're suffering alongside of. And I think that Mary is a perfect example um, of how to suffer well with another person and to know that we're not alone in our own, uh, in our own suffering Um, because she suffered alongside Jesus and she suffered in her own way with the loss of her son and with everything that went along with that. And I think that we can help uh, them grow in relationship with her by um, when a, when a young person does come to us in a, in a moment of, of need, uh, pointing them directly to her, um, just as they, when they were little, would go, go to their own mother. That is, of course, the great temptation of suffering, isn't it? To imagine that we suffer alone, when in fact the, the, the great truth of the gospel, the whole reason this thing exists, right, is to remind us that we never suffer alone. It's our God himself who suffers right alongside us. Recall that prayer that we read at the top of the hour, the collect of the day, um, uh, o God, who willed that when your son was lifted high on the cross, his mother should stand close by, so as witness, and share in his suffering. Grant that your church, participating with the Virgin Mary in the Passion of Christ, might merit a share in his resurrection. I think so often when we talk about participation in the life of the church, we imagine this, um, especially in terms of the liturgy, as like 
Am I saying something? Am I doing something? Am I moving or reading or whatever? When, of course, the participation that we're really drawn to, what those acts of participation are meant to reflect is is the union of our hearts and minds with Christ in his suffering, in his death, and in his resurrection for the sake and the salvation of the world. Friends, remember that we're on Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM, on the Iowa Catholic Radio app and at iowacatholicradio.com. Be not afraid. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Storm Alert Weather is provided by Divine Treasures. Divine Treasures is a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. Their mission is to help Catholics know, love, and keep their faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and His Church. Divine Treasures is where you can find great Catholic books, beautiful Bibles, rosaries, jewelry, statues, and religious gifts for those memorable events in your life. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you to Divine Treasures for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Partial support for Catholic Women Now comes from injury attorney Fred Haas. When Iowans have been injured through no fault of their own, in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, harmed in a work-related injury, or suffered injury due to negligence of others, Fred Haas has been on their side to help recover from financial, physical, and emotional loss. Fred, double D, Haas, double A. Online at fredhaas.com. The Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Friends, welcome back to Be Not Afraid on Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM, the Iowa Catholic Radio app, iowacatholicradio.com. This is Father P.J. McManus, pastor of Christ the King Catholic Church on Des Moines Southside. And I'm joined today by Jason Feeney, uh, my uh, youth minister, coordinator of uh, communication, faith formation director, and all the other things, uh, my number two. Friends, listen uh, now to at least a portion of the gospel from next Sunday, which is rather long, but which I think will be familiar to many of us, from uh, the gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out at about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off, and he went out again around noon and around three and did likewise. And going out at about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, why do you stand here idle all the day? And they answered, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you too go into my vineyard. Now when it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, summon the laborers and give them their pay beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, 
each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual daily wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only for an hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the day's burden and heat. And he said to them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. So Jason, if you were talking uh, to a group of our young people about the parable of the 11th hour laborers, what would you say? At first, uh, I think a lot of us are tempted to sort of feel the way of the, the first hour uh, laborers, you know, this seems uh, significantly um, unfair. Um, but to look at it from the perspective of uh, the one who's hiring, um, he's the one who ultimately decides what deal to make with uh, with the people and um, to remind them that um, this is how God is viewing us, you know, um, this this uh, passage, I, I often sometimes uh, team up with the, the prodigal son and the way the two brothers feel about their father's affections. Um, and uh, that sometimes we feel like we're owed uh, more than what we bargained for mm-hmm. um, because we see what other people have. Um, uh, and I know that, and I would uh, probably relate it to my own uh, personal struggles in my uh, growing in the faith, uh, someone who for the, the most part of his life. I had a little lapse in college, I think, as most of us do in in our life of faith. Um, uh, See folks that um, have kind of strayed away from the whole, the church their entire lives, uh, have these profound experiences in moments of prayer or uh, consolations with the Lord. And then I look at my own life and kind of say, well, I've been here the whole time and uh, not really getting anything uh, from it. But um, every time I start to think that way, um, I'm, I'm often reminded I think the consolation that I received is the fact that I've been here the whole time, that I've had this um, this abundant grace around me this entire time, um, whereas the person who's maybe come in later, uh, they're catching up on a lifetime of, of good stuff that they've missed out on um, because, the, because God just loves us that much. Um, Shakespeare famously called uh, envy the green-eyed monster. And I think uh, there's a kind of superficial version of envy, which we learn maybe as children. You know, he has a bike that's better than mine. She has a a toy that's better than mine, this kind of thing. And it's true that in envying the stuff of other people, that that can be unhelpful in the spiritual life. But I think the deeper, more insidious kind of envy that a lot of us have to struggle with are the goods and the intangible kind of goods that other people have. She's prettier. He's more successful. They make more money. They're more respected. They, they always get appreciated for what they do, and I never get appreciated for what I do. He always gets the good assignment. This is, this is the kind of stuff mm-hmm. we say to ourselves, right? And, of course, the problem with it is, and this is what the parable is really pointing us to, is that it's all grace. There's not one bit of it that you've really rightly deserved. Um, now, we all know the frustration of the laborers. Like, anybody that's ever helped somebody move, and guys show up in the last half hour and they eat the same amount of pizza. Yeah, it's annoying. We understand that, right? But the problem is that when it comes to the to the good things, the authentically good things of life, um, 
it's all gravy. We didn't deserve any of it to begin with. That's the whole point. So you can't really be rightly upset that somebody who did less gets more than you because you don't deserve what little you've got. It's all gift and it's all grace. Jason, if you were to to have a a final word, um, either for any young people listening or maybe especially for their parents, um, what would it be? Um, For any young people that are listening, um, I just want to uh, let you all know that um, those of us working in your parish, um, especially your youth ministers, your faith formation directors, uh, we love and we care about you more than you can ever know. Uh, And we're all here with you to walk with you um, through your sufferings through your joys and on your path um, towards Jesus. For all parents, grandparents, family members, caregivers listening, um, try as hard as you can to make church and your faith exist outside of the usual Sundays and Wednesdays uh, that it seems to get relegated towards. Um, The the kids that I've seen that um, are just so alive in their faith are the ones that I know – are living their faith at home with their families day to day, moment to moment, hour to hour, and second to second with mom and dad, brothers and sisters. Pray at home. Talk about things that matter. Cling fast to the Lord. Friends, may the peace and blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Join Father Fabian Moncada every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Also tune in Sundays at 1030 a.m. for Be Not Afraid in Spanish. Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Be Not Afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists and Dream Dirt, Farm Real Estate and Auction Services.